let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos. More chaos. More chaos. That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net. Unbelievable game. Two great teams going at it. Compared to the other three beside him, he just looks like the new cafe or something. We are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? Harry Kane, without a fucking doubt. Without a fucking doubt. Good evening and welcome to the Football Bubble. Um, recording it a little bit later than planned. It's actually Tuesday the 31st of August now where we're sitting down to record the show tonight. It's just the three of us as well. Um, Steve and Patrick are unavailable this evening, but I think everyone in the Babel obviously would have seen uh, Steve maybe messaging and talking on his Twitter at the weekend there just about Mighty Mize wasn't well, uh, Steve's littlest one, so thankfully Mize look like, looks like he's on the mend and obviously everyone here at the Babel hopes um, he's recovered very, very soon. We actually hope to meet him very soon, and I'm going to slag him because he's a United fan. Um, but yeah, hopefully that's all sorted, and um, Patrick can't come on because he is working, um, but he'll be on next week. So it's just myself, Phil, and the cousins, uh, <laughs> Breton and Jonathan. Hello, boys. Good evening. Hello. Ask Johnny, it's, it's okay, Johnny. We're not actually going to talk even that much about football tonight because the transfer window has just gone absolutely daft, so you can throw yourself into that. Ronaldo is back. That. Sorry, Pardon me? I, I, I just want to say that at some stage later on, I want to talk about Vanger a wee bit. Good, 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 good. Um, Ronaldo is back in the Premier League uh, at Manchester United. Saul this evening could be joining Chelsea. Real Madrid have offered 220 million euros just before we recorded for Mbappe. <laughs> PSG haven't responded. <laughs> There's a lot going on. I think the style deals went through, hasn't it? Five million or something? It's basically gone through. I think Fabrizio Romano has said that he's on the plane, but there's been nothing from any of the clubs yet, but I think it's it's gone through, yeah. Lovely. There you are. Uh, I I say that through the greatest of greatest teeth. Um, (laughs) So a a lot has gone on. Uh, There was football at the weekend, but. I think we've so much to cover in just this as well that we might only just briefly touch on some of the football. Uh, we obviously have to talk about Liverpool and Chelsea, Britain. One all. Uh, we've been two of the favourites in the Premier League at Anfield. Obviously, Chelsea had gone out in front with a superb Kai Havertz header. I actually applauded it because it was just unreal. Um, I'd love to see Steve try that. Um, <laughs> and, and then Liverpool got back into it after uh, Rhys James... Flicked the ball away. Um, great save, all the same. And then got himself sent off and won all. But the, what I liked about the match the weekend, lads, was obviously the, you don't get beat, which is great for both teams, but there was a bit of uh, tension there. There was a bit of angst and anger and a bit of a bite between the two teams. And it's great to see the other game between these two sides. Yeah, I think the, that is 100% brought out by the fans. Um, I think if you'd have got that fixture... Last year, even with the teams, you know, probably this year they're both um, more competitive in terms of the title race, which obviously ups the tempo a bit. But there's no way it doesn't happen without fans. As um, as bitty as it was, as niggly as it was, um, you know, after Salah scores, or even before the penalty, Mandy going up to, to Salah and then afterwards with Henderson and... Big Rom coming in as well, um, chest and base. Um, so it was brilliant. I completely agree with you. Um, it's class to see as long as um, it doesn't go over the edge, which it didn't. Um, uh, and I was a little annoyed um, watching back on it because I didn't watch it live. Um, that and and what I heard was that. Reese James getting sent off sort of ruined the game in terms of how competitive it was end to end. Um, I think after that, you know, you saw um, Liverpool obviously completely dominate possession and and have more chances. And then we obviously saw um, 
Chelsea's defensive capabilities, but um, I think the first half was was class. Um, just two of them going at it, and um, both of them actually trying to go and win the game, which is great. You know, you don't usually see it um, as obvious these days. Yeah, that's. I thought I thought it actually did in a weird way ruin the game because um, it enabled Tuchel to to play his card, his hand in, and it was okay. I'm gonna have to put obviously a flat five. If if he effectively went eight at the back, sort of not a straight line, if you know what I mean, eight, which is which is perfectly reasonable and and the correct thing to do. And, and Chelsea were just so so comfortable. They gave a man of the match to Christensen, and I actually think. Diego Silva was the real. Mark. I know he only played one half, so whether you can give a player man of the match when he playing a half was another thing. But he was unreal. Marshall, everyone at the back there for Chelsea, Rudiger as well. Mm. In fact, it was a day of where the centre half sort of were the best players in the pitch. Um, Lukaku tried in the first half to get some change out of Van Dijk, and he couldn't really. It had a little bit of an effect where he, he did manage to get away. He flipped over on the other side, and he got away. Um, put Mason Mount through but Mount finished or finished poorly which you wouldn't have expected from him and then in the second half he moved across under Joel Maddop and Maddop was just superb superb on him um, all all afternoon which Joel Maddop doesn't get anywhere near the praise because obviously Van Dijk takes it but Van Dijk I think he's Van Dijk's favourite partner and I think Van Dijk talked about him so much and speaks so highly of him he was, he was superb so it, was, it was sort of a day where the centre half were like you know, all well, attacking talent you want, but we're going to rule the roost here, which is interesting. I think for Liverpool it was frustrating, yes, but at the end of the day, you take a point against the European champions. But for Chelsea, it was a real statement of, look, we can come here down the field, go down to 10 men, and they can't touch us, they can't get through, um, which is a brilliant sign for Chelsea going forward. But I still think these two teams will be there in the mix uh, for the big ones coming in the year despite what's been on the transfer window. What did you make of it Johnny as a neutral watching the game? First half was good. Yeah. Um, I thought Lukaku really tried to target Matip and Van Dijk was pretty much having none of it. Um, he covered well for him I thought but I mean Lukaku would have tore the hole off Matip to be honest with like, but um he didn't really get much of a sniff. Uh, I thought Van Dijk marshaled them very well. Um, and the three Chelsea players kind of we highlighted there with Mount, Lukaku and James are all my fantasy team. So, I mean, thanks for getting <laughs> sent off, Reese. Thanks for not scoring, Mason. <laughs> and just for a wee story for people that don't know, uh, I told the boys at the weekend, I went to Sports Direct to get a couple of tennis balls. And when I went to the till, the fella said to me, has anyone ever told you about Mason Mount? And I'm like, oh my <laughs> fucking God. Every How many more times? How many more times? <laughs> you know, I've... You need to go out shake Goaty, and then you really will be him. Well, Mason Mount must be a good-looking lad, like, you know. <clears throat> if he looks like me, he, he mustn't well, be a bad-looking spud. Well, that's neither here spud, nor spud being the operative word there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 uh, we're, we're. Both extreme and fit athletes, Brandon. Excuse yourself. <laughs> Roger Mudd. Roger Mudd, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. Second half, Phil was. Uh, I thought it was Liverpool should have really went on and won the game, but yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea showed the red side of London how to go down to ten men and see out the game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not go down to ten men and just completely open the floodgates for themselves. We just briefly, Jonathan. Obviously, the 5 0 defeat um, at the end of two man. You think it's not a brief? <laughs> two man city. Uh, no, I'm my bit's brief. Um, give us your opinions, your thoughts on Saturday morning. Mm. Oh, well, it will be brief, honestly. I'm not going to go all into it because I couldn't really be arsed. Um <laughs> I mean, I, I thought the first five minutes we were all right. I'm not saying we were fantastic, but we were pressing Ederson, stopping him playing out the back. And we conceded shake goal. Chambers should have got to it. Leno should have saved it, I thought. Um, and Jimmy Carragher, who I ripped to death last week, kind of made a good point to be fair after the first goal. You know, um, As soon as Arsenal went 1-0 down, you've seen the team just 
you know, retreat into their own half and were afraid to go forward. And there's a moment in the game where Ederson had the ball under his foot. And I mean, it must have been a good 10 seconds. He just held the ball on the edge of the box and nobody went to him. Nobody bothered trying to close him down, trying to put him under pressure. And that's the story of Arsenal this year. If you notice that they start okay in games and once they go a goal down, that's it. Game's over. You just knew game was over. Um, the second no, goal... Sorry, go on ahead, I was just going to say about Addison, the point you made, I think that was a good point. Like There was times towards the start of that game where I actually thought Addison looked a bit dodgy, um, mm-hmm. where he sort of looked like if you did go at him, there was a mistake in him. Because um, was it in the Arsenal game or was it an earlier game that um, he, he actually did make a mistake? He he was passing the ball out. You know, most of the time, like 99% of the time, he pings the ball out unbelievably. But he pinged one out to the opposition. I'm not sure if it was the Arsenal game. Um, and also there was another um, cross that came in. Um, and... He sort of just sat and waited on it, and if you know if he's under pressure, I think sometimes sometimes I think he gets used to play, passing the ball and people not being bothered because it's City and they pass it out from the back so well. But certainly a couple of times last season as well, um, Addison can get caught on the ball and can give away goals, um, and I think Arsenal did start better. And they definitely started better against Chelsea as well. And you're right, once they conceded goals in both of those games, confidence just completely drained from the whole team. And my issue, well, there's obviously a lot of issues with Arsenal, but my issue on the pitch is that you can actually see, or you you can't actually see a leader on the pitch um, being like, right, lads? You know, let's go again here, um, and let's not, you know, make an embarrassment out of ourselves. You could probably argue—I don't know what you think about this—but you could probably argue that Jacka is the closest that Arsenal have to that when sort of the chips are down. And I know that then at two 0 he got sent off, so that didn't obviously help. But your club captain Aubameyang was nowhere to be seen, and, yeah. and I bang this drum all the time. But I mean, I think. It's it's gone too far. Was, I don't know if he he was the right choice for captain or um, if he's just signed a new contract and, and checked out. But um, certainly, I would not be happy with you know. You were comparing Chelsea to Arsenal there. Um, when you look at the difference between Aspilicueta, what the way he organised that backline after Chelsea went down to ten men, um, and I know Bamiang's in a different position, but I didn't see you know. Any sign of him uh, trying to gather the players together or anything like that, and then I think he eventually got taken off. Um, so it's just the comparison um, and the sort of lack of character, and that comes from the captain or from the, your leaders on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Ederson mistake, I think maybe you thought it was he headed off Smith Rowe and it just went wide of the post. It yes, it's easily been a goal. Yeah. Um, and that just kind of shows Arsenal's luck this year. You know, any other team that goes in the net. Um, yeah, like Xhaka, Xhaka's brain is made of granite, to be quite honest. Like, um, he gets on like he cares by putting in these stupid tackles and getting sent off. And he does this all the time. Like, um, James Mint Nicholas was talking about it on the Arsecast Extra yesterday. Um, Xhaka will have one stupid moment and then he'll play well for a couple of games and then he'll have another stupid moment and get sent off or something. And it's just been the theme of Xhaka for the last four or five years. And we've just extended his contract as well, which we've chatted about. And it's just beyond me. Um, of course, Aubameyang has a hat-trick against West Brom's reserves and you know he goes over to the fans and throws his shirt in and does the TV interviews and all that there. Yeah, it's all great. And... You know, it's, I'm not going to put the blame entirely on him on Saturday because once we went 1-2-0 we went down, you could see the team just retreated and there wasn't really anything going forward. Um, but yeah, there, there is a lack of leadership and team selection as well. Like Kolasinac last week was apparently terminating his contract and going to Fenerbahce and he's starting at centre-back against Man City. <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of people have said that Kieran Tierney could have played 
in centre back along with him other two and Nuno Travares could have played at left back, you know, that's that's what he's fought for. Um Shaka plays who's playing centre mid on his own. I don't know why they decided to play Odegaard as the number eight. That was a very strange decision. Uh it was just it was just all wrong. Like there's a lot wrong at this club at the minute. Um and I thought for the second goal, like, not going to get into the whole referee and decision or anything like that, but Callum Chambers was punched in the back by Laporte, you know. Yeah. Like, flip me. And I'm not saying, like, the, the defending for the goal was pathetic, so taking off and away from that, like, but it's, last season I think that's, that's, that goes chalked out. Not for us, because we know referees hate us, we know it. Um, there's a lot going on, like, obviously, Arsenal Fan TV put up a post that Arsenal fans were cheering City's fourth goal, which they absolutely were not. Let's just squash that right now. They weren't. Um, Arsenal's photographer, um, Stuart McFarlane, put it up on Twitter. Them singing the Smith Rowe and Saka song. So, I don't know. There's, people just love to use whatever they can against Arsenal. But, and the same story as, as against Chelsea. They weren't good enough. Um, and it's not that we got really beat 5 0 in Man City, like a lot of teams probably will. It's just kind of the way they got beat 5 0. Um, I don't think a lot of. Fans would have minded if Arsenal had went out and got beat maybe 3-1 or 2-1 or something. If they had to put in a bit of a fight in performance. But as Brenton said, there's no leaders there and there's no fight. And that's what we lack, unfortunately. Talk to me, uh, Johnny, about this, the Maitland-Niles stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's sort of been going on. Like, Arsenal, like... It's it's such an easy thing to say, but the feet are going to be drawn, rubbed out, and start again, drawn again from top to bottom. Like everything just needs something is seriously, seriously going wrong. Yeah, it, it is a bit of a mess. <laughs> um, so Maitland Niles obviously played right wing back for Arsenal a few years ago um, when Ballard was injured, and he done really well in that position and. He definitely could have made it his own, and when Arteta came in, he told him he didn't want to play right wing back anymore. He wanted to be a centre midfielder. Um, it has been it's been a messy situation. And Milton Niles at the same time has been messed about himself. Um, we could have got twenty million from for him from Wolves last summer, which Arsenal turned down. Uh, we didn't play him then, and then sent him out on loan to West Brom last season. And he said he just wants to go and play football and he's had clear the air talks with Arteta apparently today and Arteta's made it clear that he's in his plans. Uh, remains to be seen, of course. Like We've signed the Japanese Callum Chambers today, so we'll uh, we'll see how that one goes. I mean, the transfer market, and I, I completely get where people are coming from saying Arsenal spent £130 million and the squad's no better. I totally see you know, the reasoning behind that. Our, our starting eleven pretty much isn't any better. Um, we've brought in good young players, but they're players that maybe will be great players in three or four years' time. And you know, we me and you chatted about compared to Arsenal and Liverpool last week, and how I don't see you know the similarities between the situations when Klopp came in. Uh, you, I, I wouldn't mind if Arsenal finished sixth or fifth this year if you know they're playing well and you can see that there's there's something building there, even mm-hmm. if finished you know. I don't know, seventh, whatever. Like you know, if we if we can see that that something's something's brewing and we're improving, and there's definitely a team here that will be competing for Champions League and maybe five years time, maybe competing for the league again. But there's none of that, and it's it's frustrating. And I think the technical director honestly has to lose his job. I do. I think he has to. And I think Arteta and Andrew Marshblog said it today on his podcast he has September to save his job. And if he doesn't, then that's it. And I, I would agree. Like I think he has September to see his job, or there needs to it's be September tomorrow to the end of September, sir. The end of September. Um, I would do it now. In international break, I would do it now, and I would do uh, manager now. And I think Brenton actually wants to ask you something about the manager. There's a um, there's a former world class midfielder. Uh, with long, luxurious hair uh, in in London uh, at the moment. Just saying that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who has put, uh, put up a photo of him himself crossing a road in London and saying, London calling. Now, 
you know, you can read into that what you want. Um, Why is he also going to read into it? What would you think, Jonathan? I think like Paddy Beer is in trouble. <laughs> Crystal Palace. <laughs> no, they seem to be enjoying Paddy Beer actually. Oh, he was. Pirlo, I wouldn't want Pirlo. I mean, he couldn't even bloody do well at Juventus. And look at the team there. Uh, sorry, no thank you. I mean, that's replacing one Arteta with another, in my opinion. Unless uh, he's coming in as Antonio Conte's assistant, sir. You need Conte, that's what I was going to say. I've said yeah. it before. Like, you, need, you need Conte. Well, Conte has so upread anyway that he wouldn't want the Arsenal job because he wouldn't want to go manage a team who is satisfied finishing second. So, Do you know what you need, Jonathan? And Well, this is what I think. and We can certainly ask Andrew more about this uh, from, from Arscast next week when we have him on the show, which you know, we're both very excited about. Now, again, this is from a, an outsider looking in. You need Austin Wenger to be running that club. I don't mean managing the team. He need you need you need him in there. He shouldn't have been let just tanter off. He should have been made the he should not made, but he should have been pushed on up into the boardroom and he should have been running decisions because, like, Eddie, you're right, and and it's no this is harsh, no disrespect, Eddie, but Finn would do a better job. Mm-hmm. It's it's. It's it is really embarrassing to the point of three games in, three defeats. You win that was at Norwich next. You don't win that. That's four. Teams above you start getting points. You get into a real rut. You could be really looking at a horrendous, horrendous season here, where the un- unthinkable could could end up coming out of it if you get it stuck in a rut. So I don't know. For me, I'm not saying bring Ringer, but that's who I would have done. But I would be. During this uh, international break, I will be releasing Mikel Arteta of his duties, and I do, and I'll be getting, if, you know you said Antonio Conte, but you need someone like that, I'll be getting someone else in, maybe you go, might not, maybe go speak to Leicester for Brennan Rogers, maybe whatever, someone else in, someone else to inject something like that, because this has been going on now for about... I know he's had a decent run last year, but you never thought Arsenal were going to push or whatever was going to go on. And then it's just, it is, it is stunk the gaff out this year. And that Maitland's nine things really worrying where he posted and then Arsenal were like, right, well, you're not training with us anymore. And then they had to go and play the year. And the fact as well that we all knew about it. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't that's, happen. That's the worst this, part, maybe. This is this is Arsenal football. Arsenal football club. Blood. This is Arsenal football club. Like, and we are <laughs> yeah. getting to hear about the dirty. It's exactly what was going on. Liverpool pre Michael Edwards. Um, um, just as when FSG had just come in, uh, Jen Chang looking over things and Damon Camoli, and you heard all the dirty laundry, and it was horrendous. It was great for gossip. Don't get me wrong, but it was oh. horrendous. You're like, we're, we look like laughing stocks here. And this is exactly what's happening now. Someone needs to grab that club by the bollocks and sort it out from top to bottom. Sort it fucking out. Well, Phil, that's what yeah. um, I just said about um, before we came on about Fanger and wanting to talk about him. And um, on the, um, the Athletic Football podcast, I don't know if you've heard it, um, they compared, they were talking about the Ronaldo deal and United getting it through and the influence that Ferguson had. Um, and then they went on to talk about the difference between Ferguson since he left United and Wenger since he left Arsenal and the influence that, the, sorry, you know, the presence that Ferguson has had at all the United home games and a lot of the away games. Um, he's still in contact with Solskjaer. His door is still open for um, whenever he wants. Um, Wenger has has not been back in an Arsenal game, I think uh, David Ornstein said, since he left. Um, nobody has been in contact with him to get advice. Um, or like a man who was who who brought the club to a new level. Um, and has so many contacts in the game, knows the club inside out, has not been leaned on at all. Like the the comp- and when I was started to think about it, I was like the comparison there is ridiculous. Like I, I think Ferguson was talking to Ronaldo on the phone, and I know 
okay, they have a very close relationship, personal relationship. So, you know, that's maybe why he was involved so much in that deal. But, um, you know, the, the, the links with, with United are, are still very strong. And the way that that club managed, I don't like giving United praise, obviously, you know me, but the way they managed his exit and his sort of reintroduction as a different type of character compared with how Arsenal did it is, is just stark. Mm. Yeah, well, Arsenal, I know, kind of wanted to move on from the Vanguard era and have a new structure in place, but they've effectively went back to that. Yeah, with, they've given Arteta the manager post um, when he was just a coach, and that's basically what Vanguard done. He was in charge of basically everything and ran that club. Um, and you're, and Orsteen's right, Vanguard hasn't been back there again. Um, but I can't really blame him. You know, the way he got hounded out of Arsenal by certain sections of the, the fan base, um, the way some of the people behind the scenes, maybe at board level apparently, were were saying about him, you know, there, there's been obviously rumours that he was sacked, he didn't leave. And, yeah, like you say, like, we don't like to give money out of credit, but, you know, Fergie was able to have a word in Ronaldo's ear and say, listen, son, you're coming back to Man United, you're not going near City, and that was enough. Arsenal are, like, you think of the the legends, the great players we've had and that are in the game still, you know, the likes of Mark Overmars, who's doing very well at Ajax, um, you know, Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp, Patrick Vieira, Crystal Palace now, and we bring back Edu as a technical director, and we have Mikel Arteta, and I'm not saying Arteta was a bad player for Arsenal or anything, but he definitely wasn't a legend, and he's showing more and more that he's not up to to the job, and you know, how long do you give him? Like, do I, I know Andrew Marshbox said in September, and I kind of agree, but you know, we, you have to really kind of look at the next eight games for Arsenal. Uh, are them eight games are very winnable games? Like the only real difficult games in the North London Derby, and after they make games, we then play Liverpool. So if he hasn't got any points on the board come the end of September, he ha- he has to go. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's. It's kind of thinkable, surely. It's strange to think, but last season there was a stage where I was like, shit, we are in trouble of relegation here. Like, I have never in my life seen Arsenal bottom of the league. And when we're sitting there right now, we haven't scored a goal. We've been atrocious. Like, we've seen something like was it nine goals or something like that. It's like, when have we ever been minus nine? <laughs> you know, three games into the season. You think of the Arsenal Vagger teams who went out attack, attack. Yes, they got beat a couple of times. Like, Phil, you remember within 20 minutes at Anfield one year, Arsenal were 3 or 4 nil down. But mm-hmm. we still finished in the top four. And we're, we're, not, we're not even top friggin' six. You know, we're not top 16 now. You know, let's be realistic, we're not. West Ham and Leicester are more of a top 16 than us. They're showing more balls than us. But it's, it's a long road back for Arsenal no matter what. And I think that it stands down the manager probably needs to replace technical director and the ownership as well. It's uh, it's it's quite like Amazon have pulled the blinder picking Arsenal as their next one for this TV series because you don't know what the, the, at the coming the end of the season we don't know who's going to be what's going to be going on who's going to be in charge where they're going to be it could really be and not not joke aside it could be stunning TV because it can go really really sour or they could be yeah, like fixed half sort of fixed even. They could be something decent on the horizon for them, so it's... it's They've made the nails thing already. That's already one. That's episode one, right there. This, yeah, but... <laughs> when that, did they start recording? They're the recording now, because they actually... Yeah. They asked Odegaard about it today in a press conference for Norway. And he said... Like, him, himself, and other players are... You know, they have to they feel like they have to be careful about what they say, because there's cameras everywhere, and he doesn't really, he doesn't really like it. But he said, you know, the film crew are quite discreet. And But, you know, you, you can imagine when you know you're being filmed, you know, what way you're going to get on. You're not going to be yourself. You're not going to say things maybe you would say when the cameras aren't on. So I imagine it's a strange experience. I, I wonder as well if players are asked, are you okay with this? I imagine because they probably had to 
because I remember Klopp was like on no uncertain terms West Ham here is that happening mm-hmm. he is straight up nope not no no chance I imagine um, they have an opt out if they want I would say not to I'm be. talking about players though players yeah that's what I mean I wonder are players like you know the way they, they focus well certainly the the Spurs one like they focused on certain players like Keane yeah. obviously was one of them and but there was there were some players you didn't really see at all maybe in the background yeah. of some shots like but um I don't know it's it is intrusive I don't know why any club would agree to it like I don't I hope Chelsea don't do it yeah I, I don't think. want Liverpool doing it even when Klopp said or he came out today he's going to leave in 2024 but I'm not ready to talk about it um well Wenger wouldn't have had it let's put it this no. way you were talking about it. he would never have had that going on Nah, it's I great. TV, like it's great TV. I love watching it, but uh, it's great TV. My, like, but I wouldn't want my own club to do it. Like, no. Um. So there has been some quite humongous deals already done this window, and then there was uh, another one done at the weekend. Uh, Manchester United have re-signed uh, Cristiano Ronaldo from yeah. Juventus. He has joined on a two-year contract with an option. Uh, for further for further year, um, a wild Friday. I was at Explorers, the aquarium with Finn and Sarah, and the phone was bouncing in our WhatsApp group. Um, all sorts was going off, and in the middle of it, I managed to pick out Steve to put in about Ronaldo joining United and um, not joining Man City. I don't know. It's it's hard to really gauge what's going on because the stories coming out all over the place that. Jorge Mendes and Ronaldo knew they weren't in the limelight, so wanted to get something sorted. We know Real Madrid seen the first preference on him. They're from him players like, no, I'm an absolute mentalist. I'm going to offer 220 million euro for Mbappe instead when I can wait for a year and get him for free. No bother. PSG said, no chance. We got Messi and whatever. And then Manchester United, or Man City obviously, were linked as well and 10 days ago I think it was they had maybe agreed the deal or something or not agreed the deal but there was motions in place and clearly Man United have went no we can't have you in that or something and then he's gone there so the story's coming out that City knew this was going to happen and they played along uh, Jorge Mendes played it off both clubs to get a better deal from Ronaldo Man City came, or Man United came in to save the day and get Ronaldo whatever your preference is blah 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 what do you what do you make of the deal uh, and here wants to go first can jump in what do you make of the deal at Man United how well do you think they'll do and also um, we can't go too much into it because I don't really know what the laws of things like what's going on but some of the coverage has been a bit weird what do you mean whether he's going to America or not <laughs> well some yeah. of it has been a wee bit I find a wee bit Weird. Uh, we can't get into the whole thing. thing we're not going to get ourselves in trouble. But I just feel some of it has been maybe over the top a little bit. Nay. Look, I think Ronaldo coming back is a great thing for the league. Um, I mean, I'm actually looking forward to seeing him play more than Messi playing for PSG. Last night he couldn't give a single shade about Messi <laughs> playing for PSG. Um, of course, it's. That's quite interesting. Now, what you say about Ronaldo felt like maybe he wasn't in the spotlight, and now he's back at Man United. And um, you know, all these Man United fans are starting to crawl out of their holes and are PSD white because Ronaldo's back now. Um, I mean, it's Ronaldo. Yeah, like he will score probably twenty-five, maybe thirty goals for them. Um, I'm saying that not going over the top, and I. I don't think they'll win the league. Not this year anyway. And like, you know Chelsea, Liverpool and City are more the chemistry's better, the team it's more of a team rather than you know, relying on Ronaldo and that like don't get me wrong, Manchester United have a, a very good team this year now. Um but it might take them a bit of time to jail, you know, Varane. I didn't think Varane was fantastic the other day against Wolves either, so it'd probably take him a wee bit of time to settle in. But yeah, like it, of course, it's 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 obviously nice to see him back. We're not in the we're not going to compete with United or any of the other teams this season, so 
it'll be interesting to see Ronaldo go up against Liverpool and Chelsea in all the game and see how how he gets on. You know, he's obviously not the same player he was when he left. Was it twelve years ago? Um, and I mean, like the fact that he even thought about going to Man City. You know, I, I seen a statement there earlier on. You know, his love for United and all this bullshit. Um, nah, like I wasn't really buying it. Like United fans obviously lapped it up, and of course you would. Like when you know your United fans have basically treated Ronaldo like a god in the twelve years he's been away. You know, they've loved and adored him. And, you know, I suppose we'd all be the same if, if you know, we had one of the best players in the world ever, you know, play for us. So mm-hmm. he's he's Ronaldo. He'll score goals. But uh, he's not gonna be probably the Ronaldo they all remember running down the wing, you know, as the song goes. Well, what do you make of it, Breton? So interesting. Um very interesting. Uh, I like Jedi, I think he'll score goals. Um I think United are good enough to create chances that he will take advantage of. Um, the interesting one for me is Fernandez. Um, no more penalties for you, Bruno. No more penalties, but I think no more limelight um, is is going to be the thing. I don't know how he'll play with Ronaldo, and I know he plays in the national team with him. Certainly from. But sure, he got dropped. He got dropped yeah, in the Euros. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was going to say that. Um, Obviously, he was very exhausted um, over the summer, and I think Steve picked up on that quite early because um, yeah. he played 50-odd games, um, and United basically relied on him um, and him alone. But Well, Cavani maybe too. Um, but I don't know how um, Fernandez, Pogba, Sancho... Ronaldo and Cavani, well, and you could also imagine Greenwood and Rashford are gonna um, fit into that team and and um, what the cohesion is gonna be like. I think Johnny makes a good point about um, the other teams. City, obviously, they gel so well as it is that the Premier League champions. Um, Chelsea, it was so obvious from last season that they needed just a number nine. There's there's nobody else really. Um, who is competing for that position? Lukaku looks like he slotted in there well. Liverpool are a very well oiled machine with all their players back. Everyone knows um their position and what they've got to do. Um, uh, obviously Ronaldo is like you would never not want him back in your team. Um, but the parts are gonna have to move around a wee bit. Like I, I don't know if like. Is Cavani going to start? Like, you can't play... You're going to have to play a two if you play both of them because neither of them are quick enough to be on the wing. Um, Sancho hasn't made the best start uh, to his United career. And then they've still got a problem in, in midfield. You know, they have all these players up the top of the... sort of the final third of the pitch. Um, but it, it'll be interesting. I, I, I think, like Jerry, I think it's, it's unreal for the league. I... Obviously, rate Ronaldo massively. Um, it's a pity I'm gonna have to go back to hating him now. Um, but that's just that's just the way it is. Um, what about it, Greenwood? I, I sort of I've seen a lot of talk about it's taking game time away from Greenwood, and like he started the season very well. And I I know a lot of Arsenal fans and United fans have to bicker about Greenwood and Martinelli. Like I think Greenwood's a great player, like, and I think he has the potential to be one of the best players in the league. Like, his finishing for the age of him is, is unbelievable. Now, yeah. obviously, he might benefit from Ronaldo being there and learn a lot from him, but at the minute, I honestly don't see how you can drop Greenwood. I just think he's been playing very well. He won the game for United on Sunday as well. So, like you say, you mentioned so many attacking players there. You know, it's just if you're not going to be able to fit them all on the team. But I suppose it's good for United in the way that they're going to have options. And Ronaldo's probably not going to play every game this year. You know, he's supposed to be 36 now, so. He will come on, he probably play in the big games and he might be rested for the likes of, you know, your Norwich and Brentford and stuff like that. You know, the teams have beat Arsenal, so <laughs> like it's 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 a good option to have. You're like you say, you're not gonna turn down the opportunity to take Cristiano Ronaldo back at your club. He's proven goal scorer, he's a great player, one of the best ever played a game. 
And you can understand the excitement at Old Traffords, especially when Man City fans were posting photos of Ronaldo in, in the City shirt. You know, it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of funny like, that they kind of did do that. You know, it's pure banter. Um, no, what do you I, think, though? Uh, I, I think the other stuff, to be honest, Phil, and obviously we can't talk about it, kind of annoys you in that way and you kind of maybe don't want to give him a lot of credit and I can understand that it's no no I tell you what it is as well like it, um, I, I, it's, it's just it, the, the whole Der Spiegel story it's just it's just very uh, uh, I don't know what the, what the right word is I'm not intelligent enough to know the right word but it, it, it's just it's just weird it's just I find it weird how um, you know it, it seems to be completely not looked at. Maybe I don't know. I don't know label laws. That's fine. So we're not going to say anything or comment on it because we can't. I just find it weird. I just find that whole side of the thing weird. Um, and and look, maybe maybe it's not true. Maybe it's false. Uh, that's whatever. Um. But then on the side of the football side of thing, like he's he's like the the greatest athlete that's ever played the game of football. Like he's an absolute phenomenon and has been, and um, obviously he's a hero at Manchester United, and 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 he's their their heroes come back, and a lot of fans are generation. He is their one, like you know what I mean, and he's come back. So I totally get it, um, and I totally get as well. We're fickle as football fans. We are. It's it's in all of our natures. We just are all fickle. We all wanted the same thing during the Super League protests, and we all pulled together, and that was fine. And then as soon as it, um, you know, came back down to normality, we all started hating each other again, which again is fine. Um, and then as soon as our teams started signing players or whatever, we didn't care. And again, I still think. Uh, there's a part of that that is fine, even though I troll Steve as much as I can about the green and gold disappearing and uh, the fans, the Glazers should be getting a statue outside Old Trafford now because the Sands have done this somewhere. But again, fa- Jonathan Lou did a great piece in the Guardian. We talked about that, how we'd all sort of forgotten. And again, it's fine because, you know, f- f- football is a release for all of us. So when your team does sign, in my opinion, the third greatest footballer of all time, and on some other people's, he might be the greatest. Then that's obviously a massive moment. I get that, and and, and as well as fickle as it is, and you just think shite bags. Like I, I know people as well, people I work with that don't care anymore now <laughs> about what was going on in the Super League, and I know you do as well, um, because they've signed Ronaldo and they've signed Varane, they've signed Sancho, and yeah, I, I'm almost certain. That if it was she was an elephant and Liverpool had signed Haaland and they'd signed someone like uh, I don't know Griezmann tonight and they'd signed Saul or something like that there they'd be bouncing off the walls and they wouldn't care anymore and FSG would be the greatest thing since sliced bread and everything would be forgotten about and it's just mad how you know it's accepted but it's but I'm accepting it too it's like it's okay do you know what I mean where it's okay for you to be fickle. In football, but I don't know if you can be like that in any other way of life. Do you know what I mean? If if your work had wronged you, say for instance in your line of work, and it had wronged you to the extent that the owners had, had wronged us and what they tried to do, you see your work just decided, fuck it, um, Bill, we're moving all operations to Dubai and you have to come, that's the end of it, boom, gone, or you have no job, you have no mortgage. And then for two, three weeks, you're at the absolute limit mentally and stress ways and then like oh that's all right we're going to come back on that and you know what i mean you'd be like okay no bother do you know what i mean you wouldn't just forget to do it but in football so like fuck it they've just you know we'll just sign ronaldo unreal and it would be the shoe would be on the same foot like he like chelsea we'll just sign the cocky unreal let's go if liverpool announced now in the next two hours and ten minutes that they'd signed uh an unreal player everyone would be like that fsg are unreal Whereas today it's like fucking get rid of them. Do you know what I mean? It's the transfer window highlights how mental we are. I'm talking about all of us as a as a group, football fans. 
we are mental. Mm-hmm. Mental. Our mood is determined on if our, if we sign someone and we forget people for blah blah. It's just nuts, but it's that's what football is. And Ronaldo will get just because we started him. He will get United goals. I don't doubt that. That's that's what he does. But unless he can play a six, they're going to get caught out, and they're not going to be. They're not going to. I don't think win at all. Because unless he can play a defensive midfield, and I'm not sure, I haven't seen him do that before, um, they're, they're going to get caught. And if, if they hadn't been playing Everton on Sunday with Dominic Calvert Lewin and Ricardson up front, they'd have been 4 0 down. Yeah, well, I mean? and we would be talking about, Wills had a lot of good chances that we'd have been talking about what an absolute hammering they have just received off Everton. And now Ronaldo, it would be all like, oh, Ronaldo's got a job in his hands, do you know what I mean? There's such a gap between that midfield, it doesn't function, and you're both right, how are they going to fit all these players in? It would be an absolute uh, disgrace if Greenwood will lose some game time, naturally, he's still only a baby, but if he completely, you know, his game time is really limited, a disgrace because he's such a beautiful natural finisher he's Robbie Fowler he is he is just like Fowler was when he was that age as soon as he gets the ball in that box you know where it's going mm-hmm. he is deadly he is absolutely lethal I don't think England have Harry Kane yes but at that age he wasn't like that this kid is elite if they, if United can look after him and they can, I think it's Roy Keane pointed out He'll look up to Ronaldo now and, and the way Ronaldo carries himself in training and, and on the pitch. And they can look after him and, and hard. the whole Holy Ghost boys, they have a footballer on their hands. But what is... Um, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Go on ahead. Finish there. No, 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 no. You, 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 you just... You, you wonder then, as an outsider looking in, not that you worry because you want United to fail. <laughs> Apologies. But you look in and you think, where are they going to fit everyone here? Who's going to... Is Pogba going to have to drop back deeper because that doesn't seem to work? Is Bruno going to be pushed out wide? Where's Rashford going to fit into all this when he comes back? It's, you, you see the thing is, like, you're saying about all them players, and I can't remember which podcast, it was going back a number of weeks ago, but you look at the title-winning teams, all the great teams, Liverpool's team um, that won the league a couple of years ago, Chelsea's contact team, there was a core of 15 players that were used that won the league. You know, there wasn't 22, 23, 24 players. They didn't use a massive squad. It's all small, tight-knit teams that won them in the league. Like, there's, what we saying, six six players there? That's basically near, you know, half the squad that you basically will be using to win the team. Like, you know, and they're not all going to play every week. And yes, you know, they have FA Cup, League Cup, Champions League. But you kind of want to keep the same team as much as you can to try and keep that mm-hmm. chemistry and that win and run going and you're making the point there like how are they going to do it you, you can't and I did make a point Ronaldo won't play every game that's quite obvious but if Ronaldo is in team and he's scoring goals you won't want to drop him or put him on the bench or rest him for a game you want him to keep that run going or the same with Greenwood at the minute Greenwood scored in all three games for Man United and yes he's the potential there to be one of the best players in Europe. He's a great finisher. Like was it the first game of the season maybe? Where he, against Leeds where he just ran past the Leeds centre back and just put it into the far corner of his left foot. What a finish. Like what a player. Like I mean it's it's probably a a great headache to have for Solskjaer but you know it's a lot of players and you know one of them might go tonight, you never know. Uh, there was talk of Gavani going but I don't think that's actually gonna happen now. Um the only thing that probably is going from Cavani is his number seven. I can't really see them not letting Ronaldo have the number seven back. That's um, that's where I have an issue, and that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to ask you: is what's what's United's what's United's starting lineup now? You know, and do United fans trust that Solskjaer will be able to make that? Decision, because that's no, well, like Alex he, Ferguson makes the decisions. Well, yeah, but let's face it, he 
didn't really have much of a choice with a starting eleven in the last couple of years because a monkey could have picked it. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> with the squad that they had. Um, but it's the it's the starting eleven. Yes, you might say that Fergie Pickett or or somebody else in his backroom staff, even Darren Fletcher, seems to have his head screwed on a bit more. Um, but it's the for me, it's still the in-game decisions and the kind of tactical know-how. If a player gets sent off, somebody comes off injured, something like that, um, or you know they're they're presented with a system from an opposition that they're maybe not used to. I think that's where if you've Ronaldo or not, um, and he might get you out of the odd hole, but you're you're gonna face um face some trouble because we've seen the problems that United have had breaking down um the low block um when they're at Old Trafford over the last season. Like mm-hmm. it's their biggest problem. Um and I don't know if like signing Ronaldo is, is really just gonna solve that issue straight away or if you need to have some sort of you know knowledge and, and know how to to come up with a new system or you know to change a player here and there and I, I don't trust Solskjaer to be able to do that that's my biggest issue and you know obviously I then, don't know no. this is obviously going to come back and haunt me I don't know if Ronaldo can still grab a game completely by the neck and decide it on his own anymore I don't know if he, if he can in the crunch games I don't know if he like Belgium, for instance, in the Euros, he, he couldn't. And that Portugal side is ridiculous. Ridiculous side. And he couldn't. And even Juventus last year, he couldn't. And last game of the season, when Juventus needed to win to get into the Champions League, he didn't start. Yeah. So he, he, the, the, it's great for them. And it's great for the fans. It'll give them such a lift. It will. It all, we've already seen it. Um, as Johnny mentioned, they've come out of their caves. Um, which is what I would be doing it too if Liverpool re-signed Luis Suarez. Don't don't get it twisted, like. Um, but they have the 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 position they needed to strengthen the most was defensive midfielder, and he's joining Chelsea. So yes, sir. I should have went and got him, and if you stuck him. In centre midfield, and then you had Bruno and Bruno and Pogba with him, and then you would have had Greenwood, Cavani, and Sancho as your three, and then Rashford's injured, and then Marshall can come in and out. Now that is a team on balance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't have it doesn't have enough balance for me at the minute. No, it's it's complete. Look look at it on Sunday; they were completely open. They were completely like it was so on, but it was wild. And, and don't get me wrong, Ronaldo he'll do something. He'll score, he'll score an amazing goal, or he'll score an amazing couple of goals. He'll win them a big game or whatever. And, and we're not saying he won't do that. It's, this is Cristiano Ronaldo we're talking about here. But they did, they haven't went and got the, the position they get, and it's gonna they're gonna get caught on it. I think. The same amount of space. To be like that's why they signed him to stop Man City getting him. They done the exact same thing with Alexis Sanchez. Number of years ago, someone said on uh, the Totally Football Show that it's like the Galacticos, you know, where they're just making sure they sign huge names. But the Galacticos, like, they stumbled and stumbled and stumbled. So it, it's really, really interesting to see what's going to happen. It's another intriguing storyline. Um, I think they'll be a great watch this season. I'll just put yeah, that, well, that out there. Will, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think it will. I think I really do think this Premier League is shaping up. There's little things happening all over it where it's shaping up um, to be fantastic, fantastic season. Like I think the top four top teams will go at it for the title. I think just behind it will be such a battle. I'd say from fifth down to about eleventh will be such a dogfight because um, there's some really good sides coming through this year. West Ham are doing really well. Spurs have started really well. Everton with Rafa doing good things. Brighton as well. There'll be teams in and around that. Wolves will get a point and a win under the belt soon. Arsenal will wake up. It's really, it'll come to the fore. Like, but 
Can I tell you what? One last thing on Man United before we finish up on them. Like I've spoken <laughs> to a few United fans over the last few days. Even a guy at work today who's a United fan. You know, we know Steve doesn't believe in Ole, but all these other guys that I speak to do. Like they believe Solskjaer is the man to lead them back to the glory days, to winning league titles and Champions Leagues. Like, and I don't see why they think this. <laughs> you know. <laughs> If they, if I mean, if they don't win anything this year, if they don't even win an FA Cup, League Cup, if they don't win something, out the gap. Like there has to be question marks there. Out the, gl- the, the Glazers, gap. the Glazers have no matter what they say, backed them in the transfer market. Like they brought them back, Cristiano Ronaldo. They've got Varane. You know they brought in Bruno Fernandez. You know they brought in Sancho. some top quality players. Yeah, Sancho as well. They, he has to win something this year. He has to. Lads, if they don't win anything this year and Antonio Conte is still free, he's going to be the next Manchester United manager. Which I do not want to happen. Cause I think that no, be... no one should want that to happen. <laughs> Apart from United fans. But who yeah. will we get as manager? Sam Allardyce. Sam, big Sam's free. Um, a couple of other mad chances. Like, boys, PSG can turn down 220 million. Of course they can. You can't even win that in the Euro Millions. <laughs> okay, you watch me try. Two hundred and twenty million euros, and PSG won't even answer the phone. Football, the arse of football has completely fallen off. It has disappeared into the blue lagoon. It is gonzoed. That is insane. They could get two hundred twenty million for him now, and they would still have a very Unbelievable side that'll be able to compete on all fronts, especially their big one when they want to win Europe. And they're just like, nah, fuck it, we'll just lose them for free. But their owners are worth like over three hundred billion. Like the Qatari, <laughs> the Qatari guys that were linked to ban Arsenal were party. They're worth three hundred and thirty-five billion. <laughs> like <laughs> they don't give a fuck if they lose two hundred twenty million. It's just, that that's another. You know, just pure spite that because they don't want Real Madrid to come in and just take their main man. Like, no, we're not giving them to you this year. You can wait. And, you know, Real Madrid can afford to wait another year because Mbappe is still very young and he's still going to be class. So that's just, that's just another example of spite in football. And, you know, PSG, we've talked about them before. They're just second year happiness, to be quite honest. What do, what do you make of that, Brent? Like, what? I can't get my head around. Um, pretty depressing, to be honest. Um, I, I think it's like talk about being under pressure. We're talking about Solskjaer to be under pressure to win a trophy. If PSG don't win the Champions League this year, I mean, what else can they do, really? And I don't think they will win it. I agree. I don't think they'll win it either. I don't think they'll win it. Number seven's coming down. I think the whole thing could just take off. I think, um, you know, there's there's personalities. There's enough bad personalities in that team now that um, if things start to go wrong, they could take a dive south very quickly. Um, and the whole thing could go up in flames. Uh, and if they don't win it this season, they they can't. Like, there's only so much investing you can do, really. And I don't know. The lads might pack up and move um, somewhere else in Europe to to try and achieve what they want to achieve. Because ideally, this is their year. Um, this is their year with a with a World Cup. To to build on that brand and um, win a Champions League with with Messi and um, all the signings that they've made and um, that would bring them nicely into the into the World Cups. Like so, um, it's it's just I, I don't know what the the kind of the end goal is apart from that. And then when the if and when they do win it, um, where do they go from there? Because it's as if the 
they have this or have had this toy that they've been playing with for a couple of years now and um you know once they they get to that point they'll get bored um it's like a horny teenager discovering his dick for the first time to be quite honest <laughs> <laughs> speaking from experience <laughs> <laughs> well uh the, my analogy took a took an absolute uh battering there from Jonathan like but um, <laughs> again you, speaking you, from experience <laughs> you basically you basically summed up what I was trying to say um it's I, I mean I don't know how anyone could like it it's I don't know it it, it kind of just makes me feel numb there's no uh, and maybe if you're a PSG fan and you're in a in that country, you would you'd be super excited about. But uh, apparently, like uh, the Ren supporters were like cheering Messi as he came onto the pitch um, when he made his debut. Like, what the fuck is that about? Like, yeah, th- there was a lot of kids down though as well. I saw this. I was actually watching to see him come on. I was flicking in between it and AC Milan and Warrenly for any Liverpool fans out there. AC Milan the glass, which isn't ideal. Um, and they did cheer when he came on, but that is going to be the that is going to be the theme. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if Ronaldo gets anything like that when he goes around England. But well, he's that's going to be the, Not the theme um, for Messi in France, I think, because because of Ligue 1's standing, like it isn't one of the major 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 leagues, and the fact that he's there when he goes to some of these other grounds. Now he won't get that at Marseille. Um, and he probably won't. He won't get out of Leon, and there'll be other teams that won't give him that. But Reem did, uh, um, which was weird. But then again, well, well, um, but it's yeah, the PSG project is, it's uh, it's like, I don't know. You know I'm sort of numb. I know people do enjoy it, and, and that's fair enough. But you just want to see them slapped. In the Champions League, don't you? Like, apart from Press City, um, you just want to see them thumped or slapped, and then constantly lose it. You don't want to see them win it. So it's it's weird that that though. I know I jested about the arse falling out of it, lads, but them turning down two hundred twenty million. It should be a point here where footballs some football really needs to go. Hang on, this is just this is just daft now. This. We can't come back from this unless unless something dramatically changes here. Dramatically changes because two hundred twenty million euros and just not even answering the phone is it is absolutely bonkers. It is absolutely bonkers. Well, Antoine Griezmann's just went back to Atletico Madrid. So oh, our group is getting tougher by the fucking minute here. Yeah, just confirmed there he is back. Alone. I've absolutely ru- ruined myself by buying me and Finn's Atletico kits. <laughs> absolutely ruined it. Although Karma every year I've bought, back. Uh, every year I've bought a kit, um, a European kit. We have been to the, to the final and we've either won it or lost it. So we'll see what happens. Um, before we go, because I know we have a Thursday night babble come as well, I have a confession to make uh, on the night show. So. I hate Roy Keane. That's not my confession. <laughs> um, the player. And then, and I, I don't like him as a TV pundit at the minute because I don't think he gives enough away of himself. I think he, he, he tries to sometimes still come across as a sort of snarly, grumpy man, whereas I think there's, if he got into it more, there's definitely a tactician in there that could really, you could really hear some brilliant things from him. But, the Gary Neville and Roy Keane video came out last week of those two walking and talking for a podcast and I thought it was absolutely unbelievable. I told you. I told you it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And so my dad, obviously, that's where I get my hatred from. <laughs> uh, all things Manchester United and Cork, man, by the sounds of it. Maybe oh, him please. and Steve are related. Um, and he... I told dad about it and then th- me, I went over to see dad, obviously, and um, maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe softening his old age, but he texted in that night saying, "I've got a yeah, I've got a confession to make." I goes, "Right, okay." He goes, "I've always kind of liked Roy Keane." 
<laughs> I always like to drive and I get on, but obviously he played for the scum. I was absolutely stunned. But I, I know what he means, like I know I know what he means and I, I, I really enjoy the bit where Keem's talking about his dad saying to him just get stuck in and even the bit where he talk, you know, obviously he misses his dad, his dad's past was you saw this emotional soft side of Roy Keane. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't like constantly trying to just be an asshole. He was like there was soft behind everything. I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant podcast. I could have watched I could watch it again, I could watch about ten hours of it. Um, even talking about the 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 after bit where he's doing the fifty questions and he he, he thinks Michael was overrated. Michael, <laughs> 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 oh my god. That is nuts. Mm. Um and it was it was great to see that side of Roy King. That's what you want to see more of. If he lets himself show you more of that when he's on T V and he's doing the punditry and, and gets into the tactics more of it, you can tell you can tell he is so upset and frustrated that he isn't getting another crack at management. Yeah. And you can tell that he knows that people are like me, thinking he's a dickhead because of the way he got on the pitch and how aggressive he comes across. And even Gary and Ellis sent him, you need to play the game, Roy. You know, you, you need to come and play the game. And how to do that, what do you mean? He, he knows what to be at. So it'd be interesting to see if he does get back in the management and the championship and even how he gets on. But I just, I have, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved the whole show. I thought it was superb. Him and Miko Richards, I think, have great chemistry. Like, I really oh. enjoy watching the two of them together. I think they're... And Ian Wright. I adore Ian Wright. <laughs> I adore Ian Wright so much. Yeah. yeah. Um, that that was... It was a great watch. I watched it last week. And, I mean, I laughed at so much of it. Like, you know, talking about, you know, when you see a celebrity, you wouldn't be like, oh, fucking give me a hug, you know? Like, the people, <laughs> Man City supporters wanting photographs with him. He's like, what the fuck do you want a photo of me for? Like, just all that Wait. stuff was just, was gold. Like, I, I swear I was crying laughing halfway through it. It was great, great watch. Recommend it. Yeah. Hey, Rick, did you watch it, Brenton? I'm halfway through it at the moment, but it is very oh. good. It is very, very good. Um, I don't think there is anything else for us. Oh, there is one thing. Yeah. Brenton, do we not have to congratulate a certain song? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, our, uh, I, I'm going to call him our number one listener because I, I don't think um, I don't think anyone will um, challenge that mantle. Um, Ryan Rizzo Robinson um, has just got engaged in the last few, few days. So um, congratulations to you and the future Mrs. Robinson from, from all the lads at the Bible Ryan. Hope you appreciate the shout out. Yeah, I, I, I unreal Ryan. Um, hopefully you have some green and gold scarves at the wedding. I know you, you enjoyed me giving you a little touch about it during the week, but um, I, I, we all really appreciate how you get stuck in the bow. I think it's nuts, actually, to be honest, <laughs> that you're a loyal <laughs> listener for Fox D Lunatic. But um, many congratulations on you and the future, Mrs. Robinson. Um, there is also one last thing before we finish up. There was chance, I meant to mention this during Liverpool-Chelsea game, there was chance to start a game of that chant that we didn't want to hear. And thankfully it was stomped out and drowned out. But the decades started it, day one. There was no call for it. But thankfully uh, the cop and the rest of the fan base drowned it out and then it, it didn't come back, which was hopefully the end of it. But we'll see. Um. I think that is us for our usual show. Me and Johnny will be back on Thursday night with TNB, Thursday Night Babble, um, and some absolute chaos on it. Thanks to everyone as well that listens to all the shows, comments on them, um, a few people this week talking to me about them, which is nice. Really appreciate them. Um, and you get all of our podcasts just on your podcast app. Look for the Football Babble. You'll find us there. Get us on social media, in, uh, Instagram and Twitter at the Football Babble and the Patreon, Brenton. Patreon.com forward slash Football Babble. Boom. Chat is during the week. See you on Thursday Night Babble and enjoy the international break. Good luck. Crocky out.